general information. The stories you are going to hear on this podcast are true. Only the facts have been changed. What the hell was that? Welcome to episode 419 of the Paranoid School Rock Show. My name, as ever, is Armitage, and over the course of the next hour, I'll be playing you music that you should hear on the radio, but don't, I hope. That was Motorhead and the song that gave Lemmy and his miscreants their name. Uh, and if you tuned into the aforementioned Lemmy's two-hour New Year's Day show on BBC Six Music, that was been the first track that he played. If you missed out, like me, Google it and Some Kind Soul has it for you to download. That particular version of Motorhead I hadn't heard in such a long time, I had to think for a moment from where it was taken. There seemed to be a point in the 1980s that the only one readily available to purchase, as in 7-inch picture disc, and here on the Friday Night Rock Show, was the live Just In Case version. What you just heard was taken from the band's initial foray into the recording studio, courtesy of United Artists, who at the time were home to Hawkwind, the band that had just ousted our bass-playing hero. Motel at the time consisted of, as well as Lemmy, Larry Wallace from the Pink Ferries on guitar and Lucas Fox on drums, although Lucas was replaced by Filthy Phil, who overdubbed all but one of the drum tracks. The record label got cold feet and shelved the album. Only when the band bothered the charts did they see fit to release it. But you knew that already. 
didn't you? Uh, something let me regale that I didn't know was with regards to the Ramones. Joey Ramone always thought that he, i.e. Joey, was singing in a Cockney accent. <sighs> God blimey, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Dolls.
it's a shame the dolls ended on such a damn squib. Exciting, dangerous, but terribly forward. The title debut and the year later follow-up too much too soon are requisite in everybody's record collection. Comeback albums of 2006's One Day It Will Please Us to Remember Even This and 2009's Because I Said So that featured Steve Conte, Sam Yaffa and Brian Delady replacing the sadly deceased Thunders Kane and Nolan were also worthy of the New York Dolls name. Uh, to my shame, I still haven't picked up the Johnny Thunder's Real Time's Remarkable Records EP. But what I have got is the last recordings made by Jerry Nolan in the form of Jerry Nolan and the Profilers and the aptly titled Final Recordings. These were made in September of 1991, five months before he died of a stroke brought on by bacterial meningitis and bacterial pneumonia. Uh, in addition to his usual cohorts of Greg Allen on guitar and vocals and bassist Chicago Vin Emshaw, there are guest appearances from Buddy Brunser, who appeared on the Dolls' debut on sax, and former heartbreaker Waterloo on so I clung to the slim chance that it was Michael Monroe uh, on saxophone, but it isn't, obviously. Uh, the music is, as you'd expect, a hybrid of the Stones, Dolls and the Heartbreakers style of rock and roll, and further confirms that irrespective of, and indeed sometimes on-stage drunk antics, no member of the Dolls or Heartbreakers were lacking in the musical talent department. This is Voodoo Blues. <laughs>
Jerry Nolan into the Bay City Rollers. Where else are you going to hear that? Come on, let's face it. Dee Dee Ramone loved the Bay City Rollers. And Rat Scabies, in his mouse modem role, played drums in the Tartan Halls. Uh, I never saw the classic lineup live. Obviously far too young. All right, my elder sister was more into Cliff Richards and she wouldn't take me. The closest was about 10 years ago when I saw Les McKeon's Bay City Rollers at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, along with a friend from work whose mum used to clean his house and that of Dan McCaffrey's. Uh, the less said about uh, my work colleague breaking Les's toy fire engine, the better. And in another six degrees of separation, the guy who played bass on Shangalang can often be found sharing a pint in a certain South Croydon Weatherspoon with a squirrel. Right, I better get on to some new music. I have to say that I have genuinely been excited by the new music that has come away so far this year so much so i always mugged off last week's phil lewis live show in favor of an all studio affair and you know that you are now currently listening to but obviously uh i didn't i'm still amazed that the whole of, uh, of phil lewis's tour was so woefully promoted that uh, it didn't register on anyone's radar until after the event much head scratching considering the man had just played a sold out show at the whiskey on the 16th anyway it was david ryder prangley's birthday also on the 16th of january who says i don't link things together to celebrate david recorded a birthday suite with fellow rachel stampette robin guy on drums who in a six degrees of separation both play bass and drums in eric faulkner's City Rollers. Uh, the track was available to download for free from David's Bandcamp site for 48 hours, his gift to us. Uh, but after the 48 hours were up, the track was gone, forever lost in the ether. As Robin says, if you ever wanted to know what it would sound like if Bowie and Boland co-fronted Queens of the Stone Age, is your answer. <laughs> Space 
Prima Donna's third album, Nine Lives and 45s, is due to hit the real and virtual shelves on the 10th of February. The band's first two are After Hours and Bless This Mess. Once again, the band delivers some high-octane power-pop punk with even a couple of covers thrown in in the form of the best song the helicopters and never wrote, Rock and Roll is Dead, by the Ruby News and Ripper to Shreds, originally committed to vinyl by Blondie. The song that really got my collective musical juices going and I kept returning to was and is Deathless, which reminded me uh, of something off the last Chelsea Smiles album and sounds a lot like this. generally forget or just weren't born that before venom there was no thrash motorhead and tank were the big flag wavers in the rock fraternity while discharge and gbh were the punk community's answer a classic lineup of cronus mantis and abaddon uh, that were together for six years between 1980 and 1986 took elements from punk and for front of a better word uh, heavy metal and took it to a whole different level no venom no slayer but as sometimes happens the instigators get overtaken by the imitators this month this month just about still january saw the release of a brand new venom album in the shape of from the very depths only cronus remains from the classic era but it sounds like a lot of time and care has been spent on all aspects of this record Lyrics such as line up the Marshall stacks with killing Kid Creole with devastating thrash, the death of rock and roll might ooze more cheese than a three cheese pizza. But as you all know, I like my pizzas, even if my teeth don't. But that's the charm of Venom. One of my favourite Venom tracks is Teacher's Pet. Teacher caught me masturbating underneath my desk. Brilliant. Uh, and as we're in teeth mode, you'll be pleased to know that this morning at 8.30, my gap was gone. This is Grinding Teeth from the aforementioned From the Very Depths.
on Home Soil and Jet Black are finally all set to release their third full-length album, Disguises, through new label Cherry Red in the Spring. The album has been a long time coming. I pledged for it in November of 2013 with an expected fulfilment date of the 27th of May 2014. I know this because it would have been a day after Mrs A's birthday, but with all good things... They come to he who waits, or indeed her. Uh, the first track that has been unleashed is called Explode. Uh, and when I bumped into drummer Matt last year at the Islington Academy, I asked him how the album was going. He told me that it was going to sound very different from anything else the band had released. Clocking my worried look, he calmed me down and said that they hadn't done a Metallica, i.e. only their first three albums were going to be any good, and that I'd be surprised but would like it. Uh, he wasn't wrong. Vocally, Will and Matt still sound like uh, Will and Matt. But uh, musically, uh, now there's a whole different kettle of fish. Famed for their Get the Party Going anthems with lyrics that Sir David of the Coverdales would be proud to have put quill to parchment, explode, and indeed disguises are game changers. It'd be easy for Jet Black to stay musically put keeping hardcore skirt box fans happy. Now, this might be acceptable 20, 25 years from now, with the band comfortable in their home county's mansions. However, having seen former labels mates the treatment move up from League One into the Championship with eyes firmly on the Premiership, Jet Black know that if they want to become that classic British brand they deserve to be, notches and bars would have to be raised. There's no mistaking that sound as the barrel loads. I can feel the cannonball rolling down my spine. I try to keep calm and still contain the power runs deep down energy in my veins. No inside of me brace yourself for the pain cause I can't explain I still feel everything you still satisfy me
will satisfy me Just leave me here to explode Unfortunately, Jet Black have become the first casualties of Clashing Gigs 2015, twice. To begin with, the listening party for the Disguises uh, album, which for which I pledged for, was this coming Tuesday. That's the 5th of uh, February future and non-Wall Radio listeners. But that has subsequently been changed to the 19th, the same day as the Hit Priests and the Bitch Queens are playing the Black Heart, which trumps... A listening party by a country mile. On the live front, properly, uh, Jet Black are playing the same day as the Godfathers with support from the Peckham Cowboys at the Borderline, which happens to be Valentine's Day. I won't be going to either. Talking to the Hit Priests, I've just taken ownership of a rather snazzy Hit Priest hoodie, sadly in size L. Uh, more importantly, the band's debut live DVD has just sashayed into their web store, along with a brand spanking new 7-inch called I'm a Fucking Genius, obviously written about me. 20 quid for them both. What's not to like? A, uh, a note has just been shoved under the studio door. Wait while I retrieve it. Hang on. <sighs> Dear Daddy, if you read your emails, you would know that the Jet Black listening party has been moved to the 12th of March. You got me spec love Becca. P.S. Have you told the squirrel yet that you can't go to social distortion because you're taking me to see Ollie Mercy? The mother of all clashing gigs, I can put my hand on my heart and say that I diverted. Ginger Wildheart to coincide with his songs and words pledge, which I still haven't signed up for yet, uh, booked the Leicester Square Theatre on the 26th of April for an evening of uh, uh, songs and words. Then the Von Herzen brothers announced three UK dates with the London date falling on... The 26th of April. Fortunately, I used to work for their record label, so I was straight onto the blower to the label boss ranting, whose brilliant idea was that, and move it, to which he replied, oh my God, not me, and yes, I will, which he duly did to the 23rd, and he only wanted a pint in return, which was fulfilled at the Phil Lewis Key. The less said about Wilco Johnson playing Shepherd's Bush Empire on the 26th, the better. Uh, obviously, the Von Herzen brothers are playing over here to promote their new album, New Day Rising, which is due out in the UK on March the 23rd. Uh, the other live dates are 24th of April at the Rescue Rooms in Nottingham. That's uh, all Radio Berman there, don't you know? And the Slade Rooms, Wolverhampton on the 25th. The album was 
produced by Garth Garth Richardson, who first came onto my radar thanks to Robin Black and the Intergalactical Rockstar's Planet Fame album, uh, the knobs of which he twiddled. Well, I'm probably sure he did more than that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, The title track of the band's sixth album is to be released as a single on the 10th of February, and if final is your thing, it will be available as a 7-inch with a cover of Queen's The Show Must Go On on the B-side. Not available anywhere else. But this is the A-side. Mentioned on last week's episode, Chris Hellman, former bassist of Shark Island and now former bassist of Cripple Black Phoenix, was at the Phil Lewis gig where I got to ask him the pronunciation of his new band. It's spelled V L Y. Uh, as you may or may not know, I'm like sort of 
borderline dyslexic. When it comes to uh, English homework, my daughter avoids me like the plaque. Now, seriously, though, sometimes uh, I look at a word and it doesn't seem pronounceable. I try, but the sounds that my brain makes me say, I know, even when I'm saying them, are totally wrong. When I was a little kid, I thought that the Beatles song, The Ballad of John and Yoko, was actually called The Baldy of John and Yoko. Anyway, the band is pronounced Vly. Easy when you're told how. Uh, Chris is joined by guitarist Carl Dementor, who used to play, uh, also used to be in Crippled Black Phoenix, with Keith Gladys, Elisa Montedio and Matthias Olsen. They're doing this deliberately. Why couldn't they just be called Rod, Jane and Freddie? On vocals, keyboards and drums, respectively. Uh, their debut album, I... Or, yeah, or it could be one, if it's in Roman numerals, is due for release early in the spring. The band described themselves as a multifaceted beast where suggestions from progressive rock, classic rock and folk meet with early Floydian psychedelia, intimate pop melodies, massive walls of epic guitar riffage, post-classical post-rock and electronic music covers practically everything really uh, the first track lifted from the aforementioned album is called Circles which obviously I'm going to play you right now and it's going to be the last song of this week's show until next week take it easy <laughs>